0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. My, how I have missed you. This is your host, Susan Pinkney, and you are listening to the Southern Bell of Beverly Hills on the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? This week's episode, Life Imitating Art Imitating Life. And I also should have a subtitle of Alfrey Woodard. There's been so much happening in the world in California that I have been trying to be respectful. And of course, I don't want to be tone deaf. Um, My show is kind of light and I don't want to not acknowledge all the things happening in the world, but I'm hoping that this is just a little reprieve and escape, just something to, to try to take your mind off of everything else that's happening in the world. But I have to acknowledge it. And each time I sat down to do my podcast, something new happened. I'm not going to go down the list, there's been so many things, but something new happened each time and I just felt like it might have been disrespectful to record, so I didn't. And then today I just decided to change my next topic and talk about someone who has been just a really bright light in my life in recent years. No, we're not like best friends or close or even tight, but she's someone that came into my life professionally. I've already said her name and professionally, she's inadvertently shaped some of my life choices. So I was in Virginia. I had just finished approximately four years Uh, Several seasons on a haunting as the unit production manager. As I worked on that show, I found myself getting more and more comfortable and more and more complacent in not being challenged, if that makes sense. It was a great job. The opportunity to be in Virginia with my family was priceless. I was there at some crucial time in my family's history as, uh, during the time where I lost my stepfather and helping my mom transition to what her life was going to be like without him. And it was a difficult thing for me to be a part of, to see, to experience. Plus my connection with my stepfather grew to be so strong after, especially after being there, but over the years in general, but After being there um, in those last years, our connection just really grew. After he passed, and after my last season of A Haunting, I was in Virginia waiting to see what was next. When A Haunting ended, we knew there was a possibility that one, it may not be picked up for another season, or two, there was going to be a large delay in coming back for another season, simply because they had so many episodes in the can. Like we, we shot so many episodes that it didn't make sense for them to put it in their budget for us to shoot anymore for at least a year. So when that final season ended that I worked on, I was spending my days and nights trying to get my family to a place where... I felt like everything was going to be okay. And what, you know, in our new challenges, life would be okay. Meanwhile, when you work on a show like that, you are, you own a business or you're an independent contractor, unless you're a full-time employee of the production company, there's no such thing as like unemployment or, you know, year round income. You work if there is work. And so when there wasn't work, I was just living and, you know, had expenses and car payment and rent and all those good things but no income. So as I was spending time with my family and figuring things out, I also knew that I needed a job. During that time was really the only time that I ever did any talent work in Virginia as a seasoned adult, let's say that. So during that time, I had an opportunity to work on Turn, Washington Spies. I played a freed woman who worked on the docks. Now, go ahead and use your imagination. A freed woman who worked on the docks during the time period that turn took place. Pretty sure I know what she was working on the docks doing. But in my mind, at least she was free. So, you know, I enjoyed playing that little character. And it was like a one-day gig. I also worked on, was it the Greater Richmond Transit? Their brand ads, they were trying to compete with like Uber and Lyft. So they were creating a reward system to take you to all the fun, exciting spots in the Richmond, Virginia area. And, of course, you would get points if you took the bus to these, like, really cool places. Cary Town and, you know, other places in that area. And one day I saw an email from Ann Chapman Casting. And the email described me to a T. My height. My weight everything. They were looking for someone to be a stand-in and a photo double. They said you needed availability for a certain time period. I was 100% completely available. They replied right away asking for uh, pictures of hands and your profile, you know, of your face, like basically they wanted pictures of all of your body parts. And when I say all of your body parts, I mean like your hands, um things that you might be doubling for. I sent all those pictures And next morning, I checked my email and they asked if I could be in Richmond later that day to meet with the director, the producer, and the writer. I'm not even sure if they said all of them, but they said the executives from the movie will be in town. They want to meet with you. Are you available to come to Richmond to meet with them? And so, of course, I said yes. Got myself together, drove to Richmond from Virginia Beach. It's just under two hours depending on what part of Richmond you're going to, but it was just under two hours. And I walked in completely excited, but thinking, yeah, if I get it, great. If I don't, great too. Talked about my experience as an actor, as well as my experience as a stand-in. And for there to be somebody in Virginia with LA experience as a stand-in, I already had like my competition edged out. So let's just be real. And then the fact that my measurements and dimensions on paper, because, you know, people shape differently, but my measurements and dimensions on paper matched Miss Woodard's measurements and dimensions was also a bonus. And what I didn't know then that I know now is that one of the people in the room that I was trying to convince that I could be her stand-in and photo double was Not only the writer, but her husband. And when I think back about it, he was one of the people who was like, yeah, it's good. And I believe he asked me to take my shoes off because I don't know why, but for some reason I wore heels to the meeting. So they said, thanks. They asked all the questions about, will you be able to get yourself to set? You have to work as a local, all those great things. I agreed. Yes, I can get myself to set. I can work as a local. And that was it. So I left. Didn't think much about it. They said they'd be in touch. The next morning, I had an urgent email and an urgent phone call asking if I could be in Petersburg, Virginia for screen tests. Of course, I said yes. From that moment on, I was Miss Woodard's stand-in and photo double on the feature film Juanita. Juanita. That is on Netflix. And if you have not seen it, shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself. It's a great movie. I was her stand-in. And I was going to be there every single day that she was going to be on set. And when I looked at the schedule, of course, she was the lead. She played Juanita. And so she was on set, I think, every day. I agreed. Drove to Petersburg that day. And because... I didn't know anything about it because they didn't book me. They didn't tell me I had the job until they asked me to drive to Petersburg for the screen test. I'm saying screen test, but I feel like they called it something else. Sorry, camera test. They asked me to drive to Petersburg for the camera test. They basically were like, well, you're coming from Virginia Beach, and we're going to have a lot of late nights. You should probably stay here with us. Let's see if we can figure that out. I really needed an escape from my life, being booked on Juanita, and being invited to stay in the Petersburg, and then also Bedford, Virginia, which is near Lynchburg, Virginia. Yes, there's a town in Virginia called Lynchburg. I was, of course, ecstatic to To stay and to be there the entire time. We went home on weekends. I mean, if you wanted to stay on weekends, you were more than welcome to. The people who came from L.A. or from other areas, they stayed over the weekends. But for me, because we weren't shooting on the weekend, I would drive, check on my apartment and go see my mom and all that good stuff. So anyway, they invited me to stay and they put me up in the studio You guys can Google this, or as Miss Woodard would say, look at the Googler. You can check out a place called Blind Tiger in Petersburg. It's a production studio, but it also had dorms in it. Sounds weird. They were like suites. Some were suites, some were dorms. But really, just imagine what it's like on a college campus and how some rooms are singles some rooms are doubles and when i say double it really wasn't a double but it would be like two rooms that shared almost like a foyer kind of area and then in that foyer kind of area was the restroom like the the full bathroom with the shower and everything so two rooms may have shared a shower and then they had of course the single suites and some of the suites were large like like an actual suite again check the googler So some of the cast, crew, and executives were invited to stay there. Of course, Miss Woodard stayed in a really nice hotel in an undisclosed area. What was funny was as I got to talk to her and know her a little bit, she talked about how she wanted that time to study and to learn her lines and to have alone time because when you're on set all day, you're around people all day, even though she had her own trailer, of course, You're still around people all day. So that was her time to learn her lines and decompress. And I will say this about her. You would only do a second take with her if she requested it. She's not the, oh, let me redo that again. Or I have, you know, I'm messing up. I can't remember my lines. She's perfection. And I guess that's why she's been nominated 17 times for an Emmy and has won four Emmys because she's really that great. The sad part about it is people really don't scream her, her accolades. They don't scream how talented she is because she's so talented. It's almost like you expect it from her, if that makes sense. Because she's so great, you expect her to be great, which I don't think is fair. I think that her being so great and she is perfection that she should be recognized for that. Anyway, so she used that time to be alone and to learn her lines. And I think also she was watching a mini series at night too about two famous actresses who didn't get along, not because they didn't like each other, but because they were pitted against each other. And so she was telling me about that mini series as well. But what I learned from her was... Acting comes from what you do in preparation more than what you do on set. Obviously, what you do on set is very important, but the preparation is far more important than what you do on set. She told me how she would memorize whole scripts, basically transform into the character. She would spend time trying to think like the character would think. She would often ask the writer or um, the people who knew more of the backstory of her character, she'd ask questions or suggest, well, if she is coming from this point of view, then wouldn't she really do this? Like she just would transform into whoever it was that she was portraying on screen. The movie Juanita was about a mother who had children who were ungrateful and who didn't realize that she did so much for them. And she kind of abandoned her own life to make sure that they were okay. And in the movie, Juanita decides that she needs to get away from it all and see the world, take a road trip, do something, change her environment, meet new people, And not be focused on her kids or on their lives so much, but to allow herself to live and to have a life. And when we were shooting the movie, the night that we wrapped, the room was noisy and some people were drinking champagne. Other people were clapping and hugging, exchanging phone numbers, you know, promising to see each other again, all that good stuff. Because we bonded, like it was one of those films because we were all together, not only on set, but a lot of people were together outside of set as well. That night, I remember she walked up to me, the room was noisy, and it was almost like she said it in a quiet, whispery tone. But she said, I just want to say to you, do what you want to do, not what you think you have to do. And she said, you understand? And I said, yes. And she goes, do what you want to do, not what you think you have to do. And I just said, okay. And she, you know, hugged me and I thanked her for, you know, the work and for the opportunity and for all of the life lessons that I learned working with her on Juanita. Uh, she was very generous as an actor. She would tell me what she wanted from me. And sometimes I would rehearse with Um, the other cast members, or sometimes she would have me, you know, walk through the, the setup of the scene, which is not the norm. She is a perfectionist, but she trusts people who are trustworthy and talented around her. And I respect her so much for that. And so when I left there, after we wrapped Juanita, I felt different. I went home a different person. I felt like I had a four-week summer camp slash retreat slash acting class slash escape. It was an opportunity for me to figure out what I really wanted to do next. And of course, not what I had to do, but what I wanted to do next. And about a month or two later, I drove back out to California. And I have been here ever since. And when I got back to California, one of the first, not the first, but one of the first gigs that I had was Miss Woodard shot another film, Clemency. It's on Hulu. And if you haven't seen it, again, shame on you. It's heavy. And there's a lot to it. There's a lot of meat to it. And she makes you feel something, but you should definitely see it. So when I got back here, and I sent her an email, let her know I was back in town. And she told me she was gonna be working on clemency, explained that it was gonna be shot mostly in a prison. It's called the Brand Institute, uh, which I guess is a non-working prison at this point, but people use it for a lot of shoots. It's never been cleaned. It's never been decontaminated. It. it still smells what I imagine a prison would smell like. It's still filthy, dirty, all that good stuff. Um, But we shot there for three weeks, I guess, and then another week at a house. But she invited me to work with her on that feature film as well. And I thanked her profusely for, of course, both features. She treated me like I was a part of her work family. And even so much as while actually at the end of Shooting Clemency, They had a friends and family event um, to screen Juanita, and she insisted that I come as one of her guests. That was a lot of fun. It was really cool being there, seeing it screen, including my two recognizable photo double opportunities in Juanita. Uh, Let me just say, normally when you do photo double work, like it's, you don't even, it's hard to tell when it's you, when it's somebody else, unless you remember, unless you know, whatever. Um, But the movie Juanita... It was um, shot differently. It's kind of a comedy and it's dramatic and a comedy, which I know very heavy subjects to be a comedy, but it was, and she killed it. Um, But there's a scene where, or several scenes where she breaks the fourth wall and she's speaking directly to camera, which you know does not happen in a feature film. But one of the times where she's breaking the fourth wall, speaking directly to camera, and there's a redux of the scene that she just stepped out of, They did it practically by having me hug Samuel L. Jackson's wife, (laughs) who plays her sister in the movie. So I'm hugging her. So my back is to the camera. Juanita is facing the camera and the viewer sees Juanita talking about saying goodbye to her sister. So that was an interesting scene to shoot, which was fun because again, that normally doesn't happen. And then there's another scene that I can recall offhand where uh, it got late. We shot one night in a diner. It got super late. And she was very, very, very strict about doing her own scenes just because that's the kind of actress that she is. She wanted to do her own scenes, period. But they had me there. They didn't want her to do a lot of walking. They were trying to take care of her and respect her as the seasoned actress that she is. And so it got late when... Juanita walks into the diner. That's me walking into the diner. Obviously, you just see her pulling her rolling bag, walking into the diner, and that's me. I thanked her for all of the opportunities that she gave me. I thanked her for looking out for me, and even when I got back to LA, making sure that you know I had a little additional work. And for just being a kind person and a good person and a good heart and a good soul. And just a wonderfully generous person with her wisdom and advice. And for, in some but not so small way, playing a hand in me choosing me. And sometimes it's hard to do based on circumstances. It's hard to choose you, especially when you get comfortable or complacent. But her personal experiences that she had that she was kind enough to share Basically telling me that in this industry, sometimes you're going to have to make decisions that aren't popular and sometimes you're going to have to choose you. So for me, it's just amazing to have someone who is so talented and who is everything you'd want her to be as a human being. Really show support and give a little nudge, little sage advice when you need to hear it. And I think the reason why I chose life imitating art, imitating life, well, first of all, you need to see the movie Juanita to really understand why that title is significant. And secondly, the reason I chose it tonight was because with everything happening in the world and it really affects me as a human and it really affects my ability to, you know, make light and even small situations because I want to be respectful of everyone and everything that's going on. And for me, my experience working with Miss Alfred Woodard, I took away that in addition to sometimes having to choose you, because if you don't choose you, nobody else will, things aren't always going to be perfect before you make a move. Things aren't gonna be perfect before you record a podcast. Things aren't gonna be perfect before you decide to make a big life-changing decision. Not everything is always gonna be lined up and perfect. 2020 has taken that to new heights and to new levels. And we have to still decide to choose ourselves sometimes when it's necessary. And we have to still decide that even when things aren't perfect, that we're going to move forward and not stand still and be stagnant. So hey guys, if you enjoyed this show, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts, as well as all the places where you find your favorite podcasts. If you're interested in advertising, please do contact Believe at believe.com. I look forward to talking to you guys again and see you next time. Bye.